the facilities, you know, you're in charge of that too, which is starting with uniforms, as good as you can find, get your fields looking good, you know, no matter what your venues are, what sports you play, but then the scoreboards. I'm telling you what, there's a lot of uh, school spirit involved with that, and the kids are going to want to go where the cool stuff is, believe it or not. Hello, and welcome to the Dactronics Experience Podcast. I'm Justin Oxner here with Matt Anderson. Today, we're joined by Ken Green, Sales Territory Manager at Dactronics and former high school athletics director. He's going to share his experience as a former coach and AD, creating an audio-visual experience for high schools, additional benefits from those systems, and more. And we're here today with Ken. Ken, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, guys. Great, right. Matt Anderson's here with me, Matt. Hello. Hello. Hello good, Matt. To, good to have Matt with us every time. <laughs> um, but Ken, we wanted to talk to you today and kind of d- dig into the high school market and display trends. But before we get that far, can you give us a little background of your history of how you got to where you're at today with Dactronics? Sure. Um, you know, I, I'm a, I was hired as a former AD in St. Louis. And uh, like most ADs, I started my career in coaching. And I was, you know, I worked at a couple large high schools. I worked, I coached at a place called Hazelwood East High School, where I was the head basketball and the head baseball coach. And I did that for 18 years. And then um, I was promoted to be the athletic director of Hazelwood Central High School, which is a big school of uh, 2,600. And um, I spent 12 years there, which made my 30. And then after 30, we had a buyout. Uh, you know, if you wanted to go after 30, you could go. So I retired at 53 okay. and um, I was still going to work. I was too young. I, had a, I was lucky enough to have a pension, but I still wanted to work. <laughs> I went to my last athletic director show in the spring. And um, actually, I was approached by a, a former athletic director from Kansas City, Art Newcomer, told me they were looking for a guy in St. Louis to be uh, to be a rep. Bush Stadium was coming with the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. They had to have a local presence, so all of a sudden they wanted to open up an office here, and and um, they were looking for somebody there. And they had a at that time they wanted you to be athletic director of the year or president or something. And I was just finishing a two-year term as the president of the St. Louis ADs, and so I said, "Yeah, I'm interested." With two weeks later, I flew out there and did the Frank Kurtenbach tour. Okay. <laughs> Once you've been around Frank for a while, you kind of like it, you know. He's my kind of a guy. I really liked him. Yep. And I was, they offered me a job and, you know, the next, the following fall, I went to work for Dactronics. That's funny. Frank uh, is the reason I started my internship at Dactronics about 15 years ago, because he came to Northern State for a presentation, but he offered free pizza in, in college at the time, right? That was just, <laughs> that's how you yeah. get everybody that's how I get, to show that's up. That's why I went in there. So I went in there and met Frank and he did a great presentation and, and here I am 15 years later, but. Um, yeah, I might say that when I got hired, I thought, well, I'm going to, I'd like, I'll do this for three or four years. <laughs> and uh, then I'll be old enough to really retire. And now this is my 17th year is when, you know, you get to Frank Claus and you can't get loose, but uh, <laughs> yep. most of my time here, it's been a bunch of fun. Yeah. And I'm thinking you did, I think you said it was 18 years as a coach. Um, yep. And then you kind of made the transition into an athletics director. Is that, is that something that you always had aspirations to become? Like, did you know you always want to be an athletic director or were you kind of on the coach's path? You know, like I think most guys that coached, I wanted to be a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. When I realized that I wasn't going to happen, I was about 13. <laughs> I decided it was time to, you know, go into coaching. And then from there, the next obvious step was uh, being an athletic director, which was a great step for me because 
after 18 years, I think most guys that coach and being a head coach in two sports is really demanding. Oh yeah. And your brain's about fried and you, the losses are getting, you don't even appreciate winning, uh, losing. It's just, you know, just, you just can't no longer great. So being an AD was such a good thing for me because now I think you're coaching the coaches mm-hmm. and you're, uh, and you're not taking things home with you. Not so hard because you don't affect the, the winning and losing as much as an AD. Mm-hmm. And, um, but you're coaching the coaches and then you can leave and go home at the end and, uh, you know, trying to do the best you can root for them, but it's not quite life and death like the coaching part. Right. Right. So I'm curious a little bit while you were doing the coaching and maybe even into the, the AD part, did you have a lot of um, interactions with the, the actual scoreboards or video boards that you were working with at, at um, your locations? Not really. You know, in my day, all it was was someplace to look and see what the score was. There was no other option. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a basketball gym would have one scoreboard instead of two. And um, I can still remember it was a big deal when I played that the my coach said, when you go out there, take a look at which end the scoreboard's on. And then you want to warm up, up at the other end. So second half, you're going towards the scoreboard. Huh. And you know, now crazy foresight is videos and everything else. So it's been quite a change. But nobody, I don't know that we even paid attention in my early days. <laughs> and even thinking of all those years um, that you spent as an athletics director, what is, is I'm going to kind of throw this curveball question at you, but it's what are some of the biggest things that you saw change if you think about when you first started uh, as opposed to like when you just recently retired? Well, you know what's crazy is uh, I remember my last couple of years as an AD and just started to see AstroTurf at a few places, which is, you know, like, like I said, 17 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, Somebody could bring it up and, and people would say, that's not going to happen. You know, nobody's going to pay that kind of money. And the superintendents would say that. And now AstroTurf is everywhere. Mm-hmm. So that was a major deal. And the, the scoreboards were the same progression. When I first started that, everybody had uh, just just the plain old, old timers. And then mm-hmm. message centers started coming in. And, um, well, that was a big deal for a while. And then all of a sudden it was video. And then we've also added sounds so dramatically changed. The sounds unbelievable different in places as is, you know, the video, the things they can do with video. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you were AD, did you um, have regular fixed digit scoreboards or did you actually have video uh, video displays there? No, that's all we had. That's all there was. The fixed digit. Yep. Um, what are some of the biggest difference you've known from, from your past 17 years of going from fixed digit to video displays? Well, it's kind of been similar because everybody, you know, when you, when you're going out to sell something to a school, everybody wants the best thing they can have. Mm-hmm. Everybody would like to have video, big video, but some places it it's possible to happen in some places. It's really not. So I think that once again, people were still buying scoreboards, but as soon as video came in, then the neighbors started saying the parents would say to the school board member, Hey, how come they got that? And we don't. And all of a sudden, the superintendent, who maybe told you that's not going to happen here, gave you a call and said, hey, you want to stop by out here? Well, it just <laughs> things just change. It's peer pressure and what your neighbors do and, and school spirit and kind of thing. So, uh, and then obviously that the, uh, the ability to advertise is, you know, and, and sponsorships has been just a major reason for a lot of it to happen. Yeah, I was going to say that kind of ties into the next thing that we want to talk about was when someone makes that decision, okay, we want to go with this. Mm-hmm. And you're mentioning advertising, you know how to fund um, a project like getting a video board um, can be taxing. It can be a lot of steps to it. Is there anything 
you learned or any advice you would give a, a school that was maybe looking on how to fund uh, a video board project? Well, at the at the early days of of, of DSM or, or sports marketing, that mm -hmm. was I thought that was very difficult, and because nobody had done it and been successful around here. Mm -hmm. But then once we got a few of them to happen, then, then we would tell the neighbors, look, we just did it so-and-so next door. How did you do that? Call the superintendent. He'll tell you about it. And uh, it spread. And I know that I think we've probably done 100 video boards in Missouri, it, you know, basketball or football. Wow. And minimum of 90% have been through marketing <laughs> and maybe a little bit more than that. But unless it's a bond issue that provides a bunch of money. Mm -hmm. It's marketing. And yeah, we've done, you know, eight, 10, $12,000 a year for five years. Mm -hmm. And I got to be honest, when we first did that, I never thought that would happen. I thought that who's going to do that? Right. People do do it. And then when you tell the neighbor, here's what, here's what so-and-so bank paid at this town next door. This is what we kind of expect you could do. Maybe it's a little less and maybe it's even more if it's a bigger town or school. But uh, as soon as you get it going, it just kind of it just kind of rolls on to the next one, snowballs. Right, and you talked about the video. They're actually running advertisements on it, like 30-second <laughs> spots or something. It's not just putting their logo up. So that makes a big difference, too. And when they do that, and they can uh, they can charge, uh, a, uh, what, what would you say, a higher value? A more premium. Yeah, yeah <laughs> a more more of a premium on those spots. You you make Absolutely. enough revenue to to pay off the, the display itself, right? But when you, when you do get that revenue coming in and you're paying off the display, some schools can even use um, that additional revenue for other things. Is that right? Yeah, we try and tell them it's gonna. You're gonna have a, a uh, money stream coming in when you get done. If you do five years, we're gonna pay it off. Mm -hmm. After that, you have a, a stream of money. It can help benefit your programs and benefit everything else. And and they and they, that's that, that's awesome deal there. And another thing we do is, if we're doing the football field, and this is about gonna be everybody, I'm sure, but you're gonna take a real hard look at basketball, and if it's not decent, you're gonna say, look. We're going to get this stuff free. You're going to get one shot to really make your school cool. Mm -hmm. If you want to include basketball, we can get more money. And, you know, when we go to a business and say, we're going to put you so many events on the field, but also put in the gym all year long, all of a sudden now you can ask for more money and do both of them at the same time. And a lot of times we've gone in with somebody who was only going to do one, and we told them the difference how they could do it both. And then, you know, it's, it's just a great deal for them. You're improving the whole situation there. And I think, you know, we've talked about some of those uh, monetary benefits and obviously improving the game day experience by having the full audiovisual experience there. But one of the other things that some people might not think of right away is who else is benefiting from this happening? Well, there's got to be somebody to run these displays and run the production, right? And we've heard that some students can get involved in that as well. Well, you know, here here's the deal. As a, as a guy who was an AD, the, the biggest... Uh, mistake you can make is describing that as your football video, the one in the football field, or your basketball video, the one in the gym. Those are your school videos, mm -hmm. and they are they are they are up there for the community and the school. And um, you know you're going to have so many benefits, just like you said. Some people may not like that, not like to play athletics at all, but they may be really good at working with the video. Mm -hmm. And we describe that to the superintendent who really wants to talk about school for his people. That we consider, if you run our video project, we could, I consider that an internship. Mm -hmm. um, I consider that you're going to be training for possibly a job that can get you a scholarship, get you into college, or maybe professionally, because people are looking all the time. So it's great for those kids. And then 
on just on the football field alone, your soccer team may play there. You've got you've got track meets. You've got a band competition. The marching bands out there. The cheerleaders are out there. Uh, your dance squads out there. You may have graduation out there. Put the kids' picture on coming across the screen. That's all good stuff. And the same thing in the gym, just a little different angle. But this is for the school and the community. This for school and community pride. Yeah, and you definitely hit the hit around the nail there because it was. We've talked with several high schools and colleges too about students coming in. Um, even one was what was the high school? Papillion, um, Papillion La Vista. Yeah, Papillion La Vista, where they had someone go into college and start doing video production work for the video boards in college, and they got hired into that right because you're you're almost coming in with something on a resume already, which isn't. It's hard to do when you're a freshman in college to have some yeah. good experience to get you another job while you're going to college. So. We just hear Absolutely. a lot of that going through of the educational benefits of students and everyone else learning how to run that. And um, I don't know if you've seen it too. It's just the more they get used to it and the more they work with it, the, the more creative they can get and the better the production looks. Absolutely. See, so yeah, when you think back to before like video boards and stuff too, like, I mean, even with fixed digit scoreboards, is that, was that typically done by students as well? Or was that kind of parents involved? I'm just kind of curious, like, you know, the, the evolution. I, of think, who I think back in those days, we had one, one coach or somebody in your building probably got 15 bucks or 20 bucks mm-hmm. uh, as a little stipend to run that. You know, you got your ticket taker, you got your person running the scoreboard, mm-hmm. you got, you know, whatever else, whatever else you hire for the night. Mm-hmm. So that probably what that was done then. But the, the kids, that wasn't really a job a kid would like, but now it's, whole different animal what can you do <laughs> right teaching those classes that are teaching how to use it in class and the production and all kinds of things yeah and i'm thinking of how you described it as uh your school's video and here and in this different spot and you're using it for multiple different things for you know campus communications and and everything else are you seeing certain trends coming with with all of those uses these days i say yeah it's it's just such a growing thing that we have so many more opportunities right now than we had two years ago. It's crazy too, because right off of, of, of the COVID deals, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's such a it's a, such a spreading deal and growing that uh, I think you don't want the teacher, the superintendent doesn't want to be left behind. You know, you, the, your neighbor gets video, you get a fix the scoreboard, the both brand new, and your and your public goes, why can't we? Don't my kids deserve something like that, like their kids do? Mm-hmm. And that's that's a big deal. That's what they're that's what they're evaluated on. Um, what would you say is one of your most memorable experiences with your career, either with as an AD or or at Dactronics? You know, uh, one thing I wanted to I, I left out. I wanted to include before I said that was real. Luckily, I'm glad Dactronics' company approached me because, you know, I kind of think Dactronics is like uh, playing for the Yankees. We have the best product. And it's a lot easier to do good in sales when you have the number one product. Um, it's just kind of like coaching. Uh, sales is so similar to coaching. And I don't know if you guys ever realize that, but anytime I can go into school and find something kind of crummy and make the whole facility look unbelievably different, you know, I'm pumped to know it's just like you won the big ball game. It's coaching. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. That makes complete sense. And, you know, being a former athletic director, and kind of looking at the current landscape of high school sports right now, is there any advice that you would give someone who's looking to make an impact on their school? Well, let me tell you something. An athletic director, there's only a couple things they can do to make your program as good as it can. You're not coaching anymore. Right. That's the coaches. But you hire the coaches. So 
you have to get the best staff you can ever come up with. And if ever I had a coach leaving, I had resumes in my drawer for every particular subject, and I knew what they taught, and I immediately go to it. And if you lose a coach, you can try and get a coach better. You can, you're in charge of that staff, so you can spend your time either coaching them up or, put, you know, or putting out their messes or having faith they know what they're doing. Well, the other side of it, what you can do, you have control over the facilities. And part of that should say the staff and schedule, too. You can you can do the schedule and try and get the best schedule you can come up with in neat places. But the facilities, you know, you're in charge of that, too, which is starting with uniforms, as good as you can find, get your fields looking good, you know, no matter what your venues are, what sports you play. But then the scoreboards, you know, you put something up, you want the, the, the kids – I'm telling you what, there's a lot of uh, school spirit involved with that, and the kids are going to want to go where the cool stuff is, believe it or not. And everybody's <laughs> supposed to go within their boundaries, but that doesn't always happen. Right, <laughs> right. You track good ones if you have great facilities and great, you know, great, great staff and, um, and a great schedule. Right. Yeah. Hey, Ken, I want to thank you for coming on here and sharing all of your experiences and, and what you've done there with your position and how you've come up through coaching, through uh, athletic directing, <laughs> and then uh, your career with Dactronics. So just uh, thank you for your time today. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Anytime. Yeah, thanks, Ken. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Dactronics Experience Podcast. Please subscribe at your favorite place to listen to podcasts to keep up with our latest episodes. 